God is good. So let me give you a bit of an update. I've been on the phone with um, the pastor down in, um, actually in Rockport, uh, Texas. And um, so if you sign, it's not too late, you can sign up, but I'm going to need to call everyone tomorrow because there's a lot of questions that uh, couldn't be answered because they're in a transition. The ministry uh, or the, the group that's been doing the work is packing up and leaving this week. And another group, actually Franklin Graham's group, Samaritan's Purse, is coming in. But he didn't know like how and when and, you know, and, and how this would all look. So um, I, if you want to sign up, we're, we were planning on leaving next Sunday after church. But uh, that's all subject to change. So I, I just want to try to keep you abreast. I'm not trying to mess you up because I know you have to have time, ask for time off and all that. But I don't want to go down and waste our time and be caught in the middle of a, of a transitional chaos. Amen. We want to go and work. And, and it takes coordination. You can't believe um, the coordination this takes. And, and uh, we had a great conversation. And, man, I just really want to do something. But it, as well, too, I'm, um, we're all watching Irma. And I have family in Florida, a daughter in Florida. And um, so we're watching that. In fact, I want us to pray again. We've been praying. I've been praying about this uh, whole storm now for days. I've been just praying and, and, and just talking to God about this storm and speaking uh, God's word and God's peace. And now this storm is bearing down probably in the next hour or two, it actually goes, if not already, through the Florida Keys. And, uh, and then it's projected to move up the west coast of Florida, all the way up into Georgia. But, you know, the Bible says that winds and waves obey his voice. And I just want to keep speaking to it. I know it may sound foolish to people, and if that makes me a fool, then so be it. But I don't believe that devastation is in, the, in and from the heart of God. I don't believe Irma is a judgment of God. It's a freak of nature. And I don't believe God is trying to destroy Florida. I think God loves Florida. Because I know I love Florida, especially in February. And I'd like to have a place to go to in February. So um, I want us to pray. Would you bow your heads with me? And we're going to pray for Florida, pray for that whole western. Actually, it's the whole state is under, uh, is, is under great threat, you know, according to all the prognosticators. So, Father, we just pray this morning for Florida. We ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, to bring peace to this storm. Three simple words you spoke in the middle of a torrential storm that the disciples thought they were going to die in, and you simply said, peace, be still. Father, do it again. I say, peace, be still. Lord, we, we've heard today many mighty answers to prayer. God, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to bless and put your hand on Florida and all of its people and, and everything that's going on, God. And I just ask you to move Move this storm out to sea. Move this storm out to sea. Not today, devil. Not today. We're not going to just sit by and be passive, Lord. We ask you in the name and through the blood of Jesus to work a mighty work, a miracle in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank. Keep praying. I, I just want you to keep praying and join with me. We're going to get into the word this morning. Wow, what a powerful time today. I love this. I love the Lord. I love, I don't know if you caught that. I just love Jesus. Man, I just love Jesus. He's so good. I could spend the rest of my time talking to you about answers to prayer that are going on. Tomorrow morning at 830, we're going to be at Grace Chapel in Valpo. This is an answer to prayer right here. That God would do something in this region by bringing people together to, to establish a house of prayer in this region so God could do a revival, a, a, a visitation 
in this region. I don't know if you get it yet, but, but I, I'm, not, I'm not just after City Point. I love City Point. I love this church. I, I love what God has done and is doing here. But I, beyond that, I love the body of Christ, and I want to see God's church, the Big C Church, move into its inheritance. And so we're prayed and have prayed much into that for years now and into the region and into our city. You know, I meet weekly with pastors from other churches every week to pray together. And we have done this for years. Um, and on the basis of that, we, we have shared our heart's cry to, to come together in this city. There's an answer to prayer that's uh, going on because this week, the first prayer meeting for this outside of this church begins at Covenant Church up on Central Avenue Thursday night. We'll be meeting in other locations around this city because God is, if, it's going to take a citywide church to win a citywide war. And so God is unifying and blessing and bringing his people together. And that, that kind of goes all in flow with where we're at and what we're talking about here, prayer is. That's my little favorite tile that I actually lifted from Adobe. And uh, last week we introduced this and we used this as the key verse here and, and, and talked about prayer as a mystery. You know, prayer is a mystery. Why has God tied himself to man through prayer? Jesus said, when you, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you've shut your door, Pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. It's a mystery how God has tied himself to prayer. I know prayer becomes this religious thing that a lot of people get tired of because people basically are tired of religion anyway, because a religion typically is how we do things on our own and apart from God. But this kind of prayer is about a relationship, and it's when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your father. This is a relational prayer. It's based out of a relationship. And he says, go do it in the secret place. They, the hypocrites, and they do it, the Pharisees, they do it to be seen of men. You do it in your secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So that's, that's where we began. And we talked about in the mystery that I don't understand this. I, I really, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. But God has committed the redemption of mankind into the hands of the church. He didn't commission the angels to reach the lost. He commissioned the church. The commission is go preach this gospel, and then, the, and then the people will be saved as we preach the gospel. So the salvation of mankind is in your hands, my hands. And that's why Jesus said when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. That's, that's my heart for, the, for, the, for people today. It's a... I, see, I don't see people as mean old nasty sinners. I see them as people who are just scattered and hurting and broken and lost and need a shepherd. And it says, and having no shepherd, then he said to his disciples, then he said to his disciples, this is what he said to his disciples, he said, truly, the harvest is truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We need more people that carry the heart of the shepherd, that carry the heart of Jesus, we need more people to carry Jesus' compassion. We need more people. He said, the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Pray for laborers. Pray. You, the harvest is in our hands. Lord, I pray for young people. I pray God will raise up young people with the heart for the lost. That young people, these young people win people to Jesus. They know, how to, they know how to lead people to the Lord. I've watched them do it. I've been with them on, on teams. I, I, I don't think, how, how, old is, how old do you have to be before you can hear God and speak life into people? How, is there a minimum age? You have to wait till they're 17, 18, 21? No, I think, I think I've watched... I've watched 10-year-olds lead people to Jesus simply because they're carrying God's heart. I pray for, if that's what it takes, then God give me a bunch of 10-year-olds and I'll hang out with them. Because I'm praying for this, I'm praying for this harvest and I, I'm praying for labors. We need people who will go out and labor, work the harvest, love on people, 
Smile at people. That's a ministry. If nothing else, they wonder, what's he up to? Why are you smiling? Oh, if you only knew. Well, tell me. If I tell you, you got you to let me tell you the whole story. I mean, that's how, that's how we go. We, we, we go out with this heart to, to, to reach the lost. Pray for the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord. Is, is pray the Lord of the harvest. And so that's where we were last week. And, and, um, and, and then we got to, you know, we ended with Hebrews 2.1 where he said we ought to give the more earnest heed because in this mystery that he has given us, it, it's really easy to let this slip. It's really easy just to become a church-going person and not a Jesus-loving disciple. That was kind of like a rat sandwich, wasn't it? I mean, think about it. The, the world, does, they're not interested in our religion. But I think they are interested in our Savior. And we're not here to represent a religion. I'm here to represent a Savior. Your religion will make you mean. And it'll cause you to exclude people because you don't measure up. But Jesus doesn't exclude anybody. He says, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, come unto me. Hallelujah. That's the heart of Jesus. Religious people are like, I don't know, are you good enough for us? You measure up? Are you living right? Like you are, you hypocrite. I mean, really, if we're going to measure it like that, then none of us have a chance. Y'all look like you guys just saw a deer in the headlight. <laughs> I mean, come on, think about it. We're not we're here, we're here to love people and love on them and 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 stand in this place because here's here's what it says. For it was first spoken by the Lord, and it was confirmed to us and proved authentic by those who personally heard him speak. It was proved authentic. Man, the proof is in the pudding all the way, all the way. It's always in the pudding. You can talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, but it's in the taste. It's when you taste it, right? How many of you know I can tell you about how good my cooking is, and y'all just sit there and maybe salivate, and maybe you're thinking, well, I know he ain't as good a cook as I am. How do you know? Now, there's only one way to know. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Folks, it's time for all the talking. It's time to it's time to stop. It's time to just put up and let's taste. Let's taste the Lord. That's why we're we're doing things in a way that trying to give a place for the Lord to show up in your life. That's what prayer really is. Can I just tell you what prayer is? Oh, my Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Is that prayer? No, here's kind of, here's what prayer is. Oh, God, I need you. I'm giving you a place, God, to, to, to show up in my life. That's what prayer really is. It's just giving him a place, giving him an opportunity. God, I'm, I don't even know, there's no magic words to this. There's no fancy words to this. I think God hears help more than all this religious garbage. Oh, God. That's how I like, I got preachers say it. God is in this place. And I'm like, Jesus! <laughs> I need you, man. I need you now. And that's how, that, that's, so it says, it was proved authentic by those who personally heard him speak. And besides this evidence, God also testifying with them, confirming the message of salvation both by signs and wonders and by various miracles, because that's, what, that's, how, the, that's how this is confirmed, because he, he did it not just with saving people from sin, but he healed the sick, he cast out devils, he even raised the dead. So he confirmed it with signs and miracles and signs and wonders. You know what, you know what a wonder is, right? It makes you wonder. What was that? God, why did you do it like that? That's a wonder. God, I was thinking you kind of would do it like this, but you did it like that? That's a wonder. Makes you wonder. 
How many of you have ever wondered? <laughs> okay, I feel good about it then. Both by signs and wonders and by various miracles carried out by Jesus and the apostles. Remember, because he deputized them. He said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And then Jesus prayed for us. And he said, just like I pray not for these, but for those who will believe through their name, through their word, which he, you know, he, he gave and imputed to us power. He gave us power to carry on his ministry. And he carried out by Jesus and the apostles and by granting to believers the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. The gifts of the Spirit are meant to give credence to the message of Jesus. The, the gifts aren't made to make you feel good or make you look good. It's meant to show Jesus. If you're using a gift to make yourself look good, man, you're, you are messed up. You can always tell the difference too, right? When somebody's just exercising something to make them look good. But if, if their heart is toward him, they're always taking the back and Jesus is going to the front. When it's you, you're always trying to get to the front. So many people want to get to the front. So many people think this is the epitome of it all. Get to the front. Get up here. I want the platform. I know that's from people who don't really get it because you don't, you don't, you, you, you can't understand that, you can't, you can't believe that after you have been brought into a relationship with Jesus and understand the power of his work. Because then it's no longer about, it's not, it's not I, but Christ. You know, I, I hate speech. Do you know what I flunked in high school? I hate to tell these young people, but you don't listen to this. <laughs> Do you know what I flunked in high school? Speech. Isn't it funny how God wants you to do things that you really don't want to do? And that if you want to do it, if, you, if God has his way, he'll probably put you in the opposite. Think about it. Think about Peter and, and Paul. Peter, by common sense, being the Jew that, that he was, you know, uh, he really should have went to the Gentiles. Because he really wasn't educated in the hierarchy of the Jewish religion. He was a common Jew. And the Apostle Peter would have been, in my mind, more ideal for the Gentiles. Especially, you know, when God gives him the vision of, of, the, of the sheet and all those mixed animals. And the Lord said, go ahead, kill it and eat. I don't call unclean what I've cleaned. And yeah, Peter's going to go to the Gentiles. Then all of a sudden, this highbrow Jew who's been to the best Jewish schools, sat under the best Jewish uh, rabbi, and, and taught the fullness of the Jewish law, he gets saved on the road to Damascus, and you think, okay, now God's got his apostle to the Jews. And how does God do this? He sends Paul to the Gentiles and Peter to the Jews. You know Why? Me either. <laughs> Makes me wonder. No, seriously, I mean, to God, that doesn't make sense. Why would you do something like Because he's God. See, because here, here Paul, Paul's out there. Who, Paul's out there with a bunch of Gentiles who he didn't even, before, he didn't even like Gentiles. He saw them as scum. Now he's taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Peter's going, you know, to the Jews who he's like way outranked. You know why God does that? Because both of them are going to have to really depend on God to do that job. Can I just suggest to you that you and I have been given a job to do that we cannot do in our flesh? And we're going to really have to depend on God to get this done. This is what this whole call of prayer is all about. I thought, well, you know, God, why would you call me? Get somebody who's really good at this. Because, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't feel like I'm very good at this public speaking thing. It scares me. And then I, and then I get my tongue twisted, and I'm, you know, I make up words sometimes. No, I've made up words. And I'm like, did, did I say that? Yeah, you did. Did it make any sense? I doubt it. But you see, 
God confirms his word with miracles and, and, and signs and wonders and, and he grants to believers the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, I, it's, it's, whatever, you, whatever you do, you, you're going to have to rely on God and the gifts of the Spirit to do it. Otherwise, you, if you do it in your own strength, what will it amount to? A big fat zero. And so this is where we're at and this is, I want to go on for today if I can get this to change. Did the battery go dead? What did I do? Locked up. That means we're supposed to stay here, evidently. So here we go. No, it can't mean that. Could you flip that slide? Please, pretty please. Did it go? So here's, here's we go on in Hebrews chapter 2. And, and I, but, but I want to read this to you. I, I put it up here, but I got this great new translation that came out from the fellow that wrote he, used, he was a translator for Wycliffe, and he would go into, he's written a, the Bible in languages that even had no, no written language, and he translate, he would first, he would first put their language into an alphabet, write it, and then put the Bible into their thing, and then had to teach them how to read. And so he, he wrote this translation uh, called the Passion Version. The Passion Translation. And, um, and I want to, can I read this to you out of this? And, uh, and, and, and I, just, I just want you to hear, uh, I want you to hear this from, you know, from this, uh, from this translation. So uh, let me start here. It says, for God will not place the coming world of which we speak under the government of angels, but the scriptures affirm, what is man that you would even think about him or care about Adam's race? That's out of quote out of Psalms 8, where the writer, the writer of Hebrews is quoting Psalm 8 here. Now, it goes on, and it says, this means that God has left nothing outside of the control of his son, even if presently we have yet to see this accomplished. But we see Jesus, everybody say, I see Jesus. But we see Jesus, who as a man lived for a short time lower than the angels and has now been crowned with glorious honor because of what he suffered in his death. In other words, Jesus left his exalted place in heaven, laid aside his deity. Now, he was always the son of God, but he purposely laid aside his deity, clothed himself in the likeness of human flesh, Scripture says, and everything Jesus did, he did as the Son of Man, not as the Son of God. That's why Jesus had to go through uh, different things that you wonder, why, for example, why would Jesus submit to John, John's baptism? Because that was a baptism of repentance. And we know Jesus never did sin, but he went and presented himself. Why did Jesus, uh, let me, I just want to get you thinking. Let me read on. Are you thinking? Have I got you thinking? Okay. Uh, where were we? For it was by God's grace that he experienced death's, death's bitterness on behalf of everyone. That, so Jesus clothed himself in the likeness of flesh. He took on our sin. He took on all of our, our uh, punishment. Isaiah 53, he was bruised for our iniquities, uh, chastised for our peace and and by his stripes we were healed so he took on all this for us he was bruised he was wounded he was afflicted all of that for us now it goes on in verse uh, 10 now listen to this it is the beauty of God who created all things for his glory to make the pioneer of our salvation perfect through his sufferings now notice this he, he, he says he is he is the he is the pioneer what is the pioneer that's the first person through something. You know, the pioneers of our nation came across the, the, the plains and the mountains and came across into the, into the United States, and we call them pioneers because they were the first. They were the first among many, right? Are you all with me? This is going to get really good, I promise. Maybe not. You shouldn't make promises you can't keep. But if you follow me, this is going to bless you. 
So everybody say, Jesus is my pioneer. So he, let's think about this. He, he, God, in the, it is the beauty of God who created all things for his glory to make the pioneer of our salvation perfect through his sufferings. For this is, now listen to this. This is all what this is all about. Aren't you glad for Jesus? How many of you are glad for Jesus? And here's the beauty of this. It wasn't just so you could get your ticket punched to heaven. Pastor Mike is... Come on now, that's what this is all about, isn't it? It's about getting us to heaven. No, it's not about getting us to heaven. Listen to this. This will mess you up right here. This is, making, this is messing me up in a good way, I think. Listen to this. You ready? For this is how he brings his many sons and daughters to share in his glory. What was the purpose of God in Jesus? It wasn't to get you to heaven. It was to get heaven to you. I mean, heaven's a given, praise God. You know what the problem is? There's a lot of living between here and in heaven. And if the church doesn't display the glory of being a son and daughter of God, then the world gets the idea of, well, this is all just about people trying to get out of here and get to heaven. And so we look like a bunch of people who are always trying to escape. I'm not looking for an escape. I'm looking to mess things up with the kingdom and the power and the glory of God right here, right now. I want to see heaven come down right here, right now. I want his will to be done on earth right here, right now, as it is in heaven. Glory to God, heaven's going to be good. Heaven's going to be great. Heaven's going to be, you can finally, finally go, whoo, made it. But guess what then? Guess what happens then? You rule and reign with him. Because in the mind of God, he has put you up there with his son. You're even higher than angels. Angels can't understand this. Angels can't worship God like you can. Because they've never been lost, bought back, redeemed, restored. They look at us and go, why are they so happy? What are they singing about? Don't they see what's going on around them? Because we are the redeemed and restored of the Lord. Yes, I'm happy. Maybe not happy enough. Maybe we need to get our eyes a little higher because, you know, the trouble with this is we get bogged down. And we get going, oh, God, come rapture me, Jesus. Rapture me now. I had to laugh when Miranda was talking about, it. you know, I, I, I appreciate what it means to be a mother and have kids. I heard a mother talking the other day, and she said, I'm in my bedroom trying to have a quiet time with Jesus, and you could hear my two kids beating the crud out of each other in the next room. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I love you. Shut up in there! Oh, Jesus, I need you now. I'm going to come out there and beat you. Oh, Jesus. Come on, you know that's how it is. I, I, I'm a pastor. I'm getting in the presence of God. And then somebody texts me and says, pray for me. My sister's mad at me because I said something that offended her. And I'm like, dear God. It's your sister. You're supposed to offend her. That's what sisters do. Tell your sister to suck it up and let's get into the presence of God. I, I, just to, I, have, to, I have to turn that off on my phone. Because if I take, I learned if I open that up, I'm like, I'm just like that mom. Oh, Jesus, I love you. You're so powerful. God, what a bunch of idiots. 
The spirit of stupid's all over them, Lord. I'm just being honest with you. I'm a son. You're a, you're a son. You're a daughter. God's not excluding anybody. And he's bringing us to glory. Some of you are living, you are living earthbound and God's called you not to live from earth. You are not an earthling having a heavenly experience. You're a heavenly person with a calling, with an identity rooted and founded in Jesus. And I'm having an earthly experience and I'm trying to establish the kingdom of God here and now because that's what God called us to do. Are you with me? Some of y'all living like, y'all living way below what God, you're not living like sons and daughters who are called to glory. You're living like sons and daughters, and it's more gory. (laughs) Can I keep reading? So, it's God's will that he brings many sons and daughters to share his glory. Jesus, the Holy One, makes us holy. And as sons and daughters, we now belong to his same Father. So he is not ashamed or embarrassed to introduce us as his brothers and sisters. You ever, you ever been ashamed to introduce your family to somebody? <laughs> Come on, be honest. And here God knows us. God knows who we are. He knows what we are. He knows everything about us. And says he's not ashamed. He's not ashamed to see, see that's my son. You know why? Because God doesn't see you for who you are. He sees you for who he's created you to be. And folks, church, church we've got to stop looking at people for who they are and start looking at them for who God has called them to be. And we've got to stop dishonoring people and calling out what's wrong with them. And we need to start looking by faith into the word of God and calling out what's right in them. Honor them. When you honor somebody, you don't honor them for who they aren't. You honor them for who they are in Christ Jesus. Man, that's good preaching right there. Did you ever want to do better because somebody berated you and beat you down regularly and told you how crummy and how lousy you were? That doesn't motivate me. It never, motiv- never motivated me with my wife. But anyway, what I'm saying is, don't you start that phone again. Y'all here last week, you know what she did. She did that on purpose. Put those phones down in the name of Jesus. Hey, listen to me. When, my, when I was lost, I, I, for those of you who don't know me, I went on a prodigal journey after years of ministry and a walk with God that spanned over like 20 years. And I walked away from my calling. I was like that prodigal that left the father's house. Are you hearing me today? I left and I lived my life and wasted my life for three years. For three years, I lived as a pauper. But you know, in the heart and the mind of God, God never looked at me any different. You, you parents, you know, if you look at your children, even when they mess up, you don't disown them. Even when they're messing up, you don't, you don't, you don't reject them. You, it, may, it breaks your heart. You weep for them. You cry for them. But they're still your children, no matter how badly they're acting or what they're doing. And the father kept calling me. He kept running after me. He kept pursuing me. And my wife would keep looking at me. And in that three years, when I was acting like a fool, my wife would say, you're a man of God and you are called with a purpose and an anointing and I'm speaking to that man of God down on the inside. I'm a, I'm a man of God who was really jacked up then. I'm a man. She had to say that through faith because that was, she was saying it through what God says in his word about us and see that's what the church is here to do. We're here to call people who have been called by God who God has their hand on him. This young lady that went into treatment what God did was call her back to her original purpose He didn't put something new in her. He put something that he had called her to from the foundation of the world. And yes, you got to fight for it. Yes, you got to contend for it. Yes, you can't let it go because if you do, you will go off into a far country. But even then, you know what you are? You're a son or a daughter who God loves and who God weeps 
and who God prays for and says, come home to me. Come home to me. And all you have to do is stop and turn. And it says the father ran to him. I thought, man, the devil told me you never go back to God. It's too far back. And then God stopped me. And he said, you don't have to come back to me. I'm coming to you. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? You see, this is what this says in Hebrews. It says, as sons and daughters, we now, everybody say now. That means right now. I looked it up in the Greek. It means now. It's one of those deep words. It means now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. It means now. Everybody say now. now. And now. We belong to the same Father, for he is not ashamed or embarrassed to introduce us as his brothers and sisters, for he has said, I will reveal who you really are. I will, I will get rid of all your aliases and everything you're hiding behind, and I'm going to show who's really down on the inside of you. My confidence rests in God. And he says, verse 14, since all his children have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this so that he could experience death and annihilate. Now listen to this. He did this to set free those who live their lives, entire lives in bondage. Listen to this. This is him talking about you. He did this so that he could experience death and annihilate the effects of the intimidating accuser who holds against us the power of death. It's the accuser that keeps pointing a finger and keeps trying to shame you and intimidate you. It's the accuser who keeps trying to rock you and, 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 cause, you to, and cause you to sit down and shut up. This is some of you... To, some of you need to stand up. No, listen to me. I, I, some of you need to stand up and say, let's, let's, reach, let's change the words of this song. I like it. I, I, not that I'm trying to rewrite it because I wish I'd have wrote that song. But instead of saying, not today, instead of saying, not today, say this. No more, devil. No more, devil. You've tried to intimidate me. You've tried to bring me to fear. You've tried to shut me up. No more, devil. This Jesus annihilated death. Oh. And silenced the accuser. By embracing death, Jesus sets free those who live their entire lives in bondage to the tormenting dread of death. For it is clear that he didn't do this for the angels. He didn't do this for the angels. Remember, angels fell too. Jesus didn't die for the angels. But he did for you. He didn't do this for the angels, but for all the sons and daughters of Abraham. This is why he had to be a man and take hold of our humanity in every way. He made us his brothers and sisters and became our merciful and faithful king priest before God as the one who removed our sins to make us one with him. Now listen to this final word. Now think about this. He did all this to remove your sins, to remove, but not just to get you out of your sin, but listen to this. He suffered and endured every test and temptation so that he can help us every time we pass through the ordeals of life. So what he's trying to say is, I'm not just trying to get you to heaven. That's a given. I'm trying to impart to you how to get through life. And how you get through life is living out of your sonship and your daughtership with God. 
And how that happens is you, he identified with us. And what God's trying to do, and in, 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 in closing, I just want to, I'm just going to quote this. You can go to this. It's in Mark. It's in your notes, I think. Jesus presents himself there at the River Jordan to be baptized of John. And when he presents himself, John says, I can't baptize you. Jesus said, suffer to be so for now. Why would, why would he do that? Because he needed to identify with us. Did Jesus have anything to repent for? No, he didn't. But he was going to be obedient to fulfill the scriptures and fulfill everything that he, he was to fulfill as the son of man. When, when Here's what it says now. Listen to this. Because this is, I said all of that to get to this closing. When John took him down in the water and brought him up, this is why I love baptism. If you haven't been baptized, we need to get a list going. We need to have another baptism around here. It's been a while. It's been a few months. Bring it in here. Bring it on this new carpet. Let's baptize it too. That's what happens. It's all good. He takes Jesus down. Jesus comes up. You know what the scripture says in Mark? It says that the heavens were tore open. No, this is what it says in the Amplified. It says, and the heavens were tore open. I know in the King James, it, says, it just says the heavens opened. But in the original language, it's a very violent word. It's like, so when Jesus obeyed the Father and was baptized in water, what the Father did, get this picture, what the Father did is he tore open heaven. And what came out, what came out of heaven? A dove, which is an emblem of the Holy Spirit. And it says it rested on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In, in John, I think it is, the Gospel of John, it says the Spirit came on him and remained on him. Here's what I want you to see, church. How many of you have ever prayed Isaiah 64? You know what Isaiah 64, 1 says? It says, oh, that God would rend the heavens and come down. You ever prayed that? I have. Oh God, would you come down? Oh God, Here, here's the thing. Do you know on that day, at that time, at that hour, God rend the heavens, tore open the heavens, and he came down, and he never left. No, the dove, folks, is still... So what Jesus did was be obedient to the Father. It says, and here's, here's what it says. It says that he prayed and the heavens were opened. Do you know that you are living under an open heaven when you are in Christ Jesus? That you don't have to say, God, would you open the heavens and come down? Why? Because he's, the, he's in you. And when you pray with the living Christ inside of you, you know what's happening? You are walking out into an open heaven. Do you know that you can, you can see that gate open and even open wider by pressing into him in prayer? People are going to say, well, Pastor Mike, how can you say that? Because man, does man really have the ability to, to, to see it, the heavens open even in a greater way? Yes. Think about this. Not anybody here wouldn't believe Malachi 3.10. The Bible says when you bring your tithe into the storehouse and prove God, you know what he says? He says, see if I won't open a window from heaven and pour you out a blessing 
and no one can receive it. So what happens when you tithe? You are opening a window of heaven. Can you say amen? When you are obedient to God, God says, prove me. And watch what I do. I will open the windows of heaven. So when you tithe, you are opening the windows. I know God's doing it, but he's doing it in answer to your obedience. Just like he rent the heavens in answer to Jesus' obedience. Now listen to me. When you pray, guess what God's doing? He's opening wide his gates. Lift up your gates, O ye people. For the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. He is the king of glory. It's time the church found the value in prayer in order that we see the gates of heaven open and open wide. I live under an open heaven. You live, if you are a follower of Jesus, you live under an open heaven. But you know what I need to see? I want to see my city under an open heaven. I want to see my region under an open heaven. I want to see my nation under an open heaven. I want to see my world under an open heaven. And the keys are in our hands. Stand up with me. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Like always, I have more to say, but you cannot bear it now. That's why we call this around here the eternal gospel, because it never ends. Thank God for that fella in the back. He's like, let my people go. <laughs> would, you, would you bow your heads with me? I want to I ask you this question. Do you realize who you are? Do you realize the position that you've been called to occupy in and through Christ Jesus as a son or a daughter of God? Do you realize that God has hung all of, the, all of his activity in reaching the lost and touching this world into his church? And he says, when you, when you pray, And then he says what he'll do. He says what you bind will be bound. What you loose will be loose. God has tied himself to prayer. I'm calling and I'm, I am releasing in, the, in my heart today of hearts. I want to release you into your position so you can take your place on this wall. Some of you are out of position because you're living like a slave when God has called you to be a son. Some of you are on a prodigal journey. And it's not because you're out doing bad things. It, it doesn't mean that you're out doing the bad things. It just means you're not doing your father's thing. Well, I'm not all that bad. It's not about being all that bad. It's about are you doing what you have been called and your purpose? Are you standing in your destiny? Are you fulfilling your calling, your purpose? I'm not here to berate you. I'm just here to call you back to the Father. See, because you're a son. You're a daughter. And sons and daughters carry themselves different. They talk different. They live different. They think different than the world. They do different. Father, I ask that you speak to hearts here today in the, in the power of and in the name of Jesus, that you call your sons and daughters back to you. There's some sons and daughters here today, God, that you just want to touch them fresh. Come on. 
Come on, church, listen to me. This, again, I'm not here to call you out. I, just relax. But the Holy Spirit's here to, to bless you. Would you, would, you just, would you put your hands out in front of you just like this? Kind of this, just this, this posture. This posture. I know we have different postures, you know, surrender and everything. But I want you to hold your hands out in front of you like this. Because the Lord wants to give you something today. He wants to impart something into you today. Some of you, he, some of you as, as sons and daughters, you haven't realized the gifts that God has put in you. And today God's going to call you back to, to, to walking in the gifts. And you've, you've said as much out of your mouth, well, I'm just not that talented. Or I'm just not that gifted. Uh, it, <laughs> let me tell you something. The Spirit of God that dwells in you, he has all those spiritual gifts at his disposal. And there's not any of you that haven't been given the gifts, the grace, the charis, the gift of God through Christ Jesus. And today, God, I pray for an activation. I pray for an impartation. There are intercessors in this house here, God, that have been sitting dormant because they thought, well, I just don't even know if I know how to pray. But today, God, you're calling them to their position. You're calling them to their destiny. You're calling people to ministry. The prayer is a ministry. Prayer is the ministry. Prayer is the ministry, God, that everything we do, we do out of that. We do it out of our connection, out of our abiding in you. I pray, God, that you'll wake up that abiding thing in people's hearts right now. Come on, put your hands out and just pray. See, I, you say, well, I don't know how to pray. Yeah, that's where Romans 8 comes in. For when we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. Come on, just let the Spirit of God begin to pray with you and pray over you and pray through you and pray <laughs> and pray. Come on. Come on, church. Father, I pray. Man, I just sense it, God, that there's an impartation for some, some people. There's some people who came in this place today and you felt like you had no purpose and no place in church because you compared yourself among yourself and with others among yourself. So, well, I don't have that and I don't do that and I can't do that. This isn't about what you can, can't. What, it's not about what you look like compared to someone else. You're a son, you're a daughter of God and he's not forgotten or forsaken any of you. He gives gifts unto men and gives gifts unto women. Father, let there be an impartation now. Let there be an impartation now. Well, church, this is really important. Listen, everybody look at me one, one second here. These are, these are these moments where the Spirit of God actually births things into people. It's like he plants a seed into you. I remember a few years ago in a service where I, this is, this is a long time ago, and I was just grasping and reaching for God. God, God. What is it you got? I just knew there was something God had for me. And I prayed one of the most dangerous prayers I've ever prayed in my life. And I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And here's what I said. I said, here I am, Lord. See, I just presented myself. Here I am, Lord. Now listen to me. I didn't say, God, take me around the world. God, I want to go to Africa. I've done all of that. I, God, I want to preach. I didn't say that. God, I want, to, I want to stand on a platform. I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. I didn't even want that. I said, God, here I am. Use me. Now, would you do that? Would you put your hands out in front? And I, would you just present yourself to God today? Would you just present yourself and say, here I am. Use me. And then get ready. And then get ready. Because he's going to rock your world. What he's going to do is birth in you something that could, it could be the thing that shakes a nation. It could be the thing that saves your entire school. It could be a thing that saves your city. It could be the thing that saves your family. It could be the thing that saves your world. And here, let me listen to me. I guarantee you it will save you from living a life of futility and frustration and fear. Because when you say, here I am, Lord, use me, you better mean it because he's going to test you in it. 
Yeah, Lord, I, I said that, I remember that, but I didn't mean that. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready. All right. Your hands like this one more time. See, because I want you to see something, that he's laying something in your hands. <laughs> he's laying gifts. Can you see it? Can you see it, church? He's laying gifts and callings in your hands. He's laying tools and weapons in your hands. He's laying strategies and insight and wisdom into your hands. He's laying his purpose and his calling in your life, laying it right in your hands. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I know you're here. You've been here all morning. Man, you've been, you've been good. You've been good. You've been good. Now everybody look at me one more time. So now your hands are like this. All right? Now I want you to do this. Whew. Father, in the name of Jesus, change our heart. Help us to quit living like slaves. Help us to quit thinking like servants. Help us to start living like sons and daughters. Help us to rise up to this calling to bring your sons and daughters to glory. No more bondage, no more fear. No more bondage, no more fear. Change my heart, God. Change my heart. Make it like yours. Change my heart. Come on, tell him, change my heart. Change my heart. I receive it, Lord. I receive it. Here I am. Here I'll always be. I'm keeping coming and chasing you, Lord. Father, I just pray for the seal of the Holy Spirit on hearts and minds right now. Lord, territory is being taken. It's being taken back. Areas of our lives that we surrendered up, we just compromised in. You're taking it back. You're taking that territory of our hearts. You want all of it. You want all of our hearts. You want all of us, Lord. You love all of us. You love every part. You love the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because with you, God, in you, there's no, there's not, there's no place for ugly. Because you are beautiful. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. You transform us. You change us. Thank you, Lord. Now with your heads, would you just... No, don't bow your heads. Everybody look at me one more time. If you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've been on the run, and you've been, you've been running hard, and you have been... You have, you have felt like, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't. And yet today, you know this has been a divine setup. You have been, you have been trapped by Jehovah Sneaky today. And he brought you here to redeem you, restore you, and bring you back. I'm not, don't hesitate. I want you to run to this altar right now if that's you. Run to this altar right now if you're ready to surrender it up and say, Jesus, I'm done with this mess. I'm done with this emptiness. I'm done with all my own thing. I want you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. Come on, run down here right now. Come on, come on up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. I think there's more. I think there's God's dealing. Uh, there's some folks right in this. I, I just see you need to, you say, well, I don't need to do that. Yes, you do, because what you need to do is you need to show God that I'm done. And God, I mean business. I'm coming out of where I've been hiding. I'm running to you. I'm running to you, Jesus. Jesus! I'm here for you today. 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 I'm not doing this for men. I'm not doing this for Pastor Mike. This isn't for me. I can't save you, but he's here today to meet you at the point of your need and touch you in a powerful way. And before I send you home, I want to give you that opportunity. And then we're going to, I want some ministers to come help me in this altar, some of our ministry in the house, prayer ministry, ministry, ministry. It's time to minister, time to minister between the porch and the altar. 
I still feel like there's some people. You just, you are this close to your breakthrough. God, I release a breakthrough. I release a breakthrough. I release a breakthrough. I release a breakthrough for people today. A breakthrough. It's time for breakthrough. No more hiding. No more fear. No more fear. No more hiding. Breakthrough. 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 The God of breakthrough. The God of breakthrough. The God of breakthrough. Father, I just pray over this group. Thank you for this church. Thank you for these precious people. Thank you for their hearts. I sense, Lord, you are talking to so many people today and you're showing them what a privilege it is to be a son and a daughter of God. I go out today and I send them out today in the blessing of sonship and daughtership. Lord, that they are not inferior, not to be intimidated and not to live in any lesser position than sons and daughters of God. I bless their going out. I bless their coming in. And everything they put their hand to, God, is blessed because of their relationship with you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you just keep this place, you're going to visit, head out that way, fellowship, hang out.